0: you have reached the geek elite good luck
1: hey nerf herders you sure
2: you want to go with that
1: hey everyone
2: there we go more inviting
1: have you ever had a movie that you really wanted to love but something holds you back or one that you did love in spite of a flaw well i'm Casey.
2: and i'm sam alicea
1: And on another pass, we sit down with cool guests to look at movies that we find fascinating. But flawed. And we try to imagine what could have been done when they were made to give them that little push.
2: We're not experts. We just believe in criticism.
1: Uh, constructive criticism.
2: Sure.
1: So come take another pass at some movies with us.
2: And every now and then, we can celebrate movies that did it on their own, too.
1: You can find us at certainpov.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Pass it on.
3: Let's record an episode. <laughs> oh.
1: Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. We are back. We are still talking about Loki on Disney+. Plus. This is a series following around the villainous character of Loki. But is he still a villain? That's what we're trying to find out.
3: Ooh, are they
4: still a villain? Sorry, are they still a villain?
0: <laughs> Who is More the importantly,
4: is it, is it wrong to ship these two? <laughs> the, the, the internet has gone wild.
3: Yeah, I was going to say. Even if it's wrong, they don't want to be right. <laughs> and
0: quite honestly, at least in Norse mythology, it wouldn't mm. be that far off for Loki. <laughs>
3: This is true. Naeem has gone on and on about the story when uh, Loki
4: woos a horse.
0: Becomes a horse to woo a horse to give (laughs) birth to a horse.
4: I mean, who hasn't been there?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So as you can see, we all have opinions and (laughs) things to say. Uh, Before we get to there, though, we're going to have our week's watch. So, Elizabeth, what did you watch this week?
0: So, I... I finally have a lot to talk about for Weeks Watch for the first time ever, because I have managed to watch all of the Fast and the Furious movies for the first time.
1: All except for the one that's out in the theater right now.
0: Except for the one out in theater right now, which we're going to later this evening.
3: But... Wait, I, I, I gotta know. Did you watch Hobbs and Shaw most recently? Not most, most recently. M- not most recently. Dang. I think that has to be the the cap. For everything, because it's just so crazy.
1: I love that one. It's, it's my <laughs> it's, favorite.
3: This whole
0: thing is crazy. I don't know. If I, I, they just progressively get crazier. So I watched <laughs> the first, because I, I had never seen any of them except Hobbs and, Hobbs and Shaw. I saw that one. In the Hobbs theater. and Shaw was your first one. It was the first Whoa. one I saw. What?
1: It so wasn't was her fault. Confused. She was She was falling for a dude that loved to watch all the movies, so she had to go to that movie.
0: (laughs) And I... Yeah, but so I have... Up till the last week and a half, I had never seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies. So as listeners will recall, last week, by the time we recorded, I had seen the first two, and I watched the next six this week, which I have not consumed that much in visual... Probably ever in my life. I, I don't think I've ever watched six movies in a single week. That's...
1: Except for, you know, if you, you catch her on the nights when she's working and wants to have something else on, she can sit through four hours of criminal minds in a sitting or uh, Buffy the Vampire that's my, Slayer.
3: That has Matthew Gray Gubler though.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Steven understands me. <laughs> um, but so I, I think I've... I, I don't know if they should all be consumed in such a short time frame.
1: Uh, I sat there and consumed them with you, so I I disagree. You disagree? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I used to have all seven movies when it was still only seven uh, downloaded onto my phone so I could just sit there and watch them whenever I wanted to.
0: You could tell we approach this from very different (laughs) ends of the spectrum. Uh, So I will say that... My personal favorite movie, much to Mitch's surprise, is actually number six.
1: Hmm. No, number two was her least favorite.
0: Well, between number two and number eight, those are my least favorites. Hands down.
3: I'm a Tokyo Drift man. Fair. You would be you weeb. <laughs> yep. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's
4: just the kind of racing I prefer myself, so it just makes sense.
1: Well, that's just what it's happens after that point in the in the franchise, they they do drifting in all the movies, so you're fine.
3: It's just it's just not as tight as curves. Okay. i can tell you.
0: Fair enough. No, uh number 6 was definitely my favorite. Uh, Mitch presumed it would be 5. That's probably a close second. Uh, along with, I enjoyed 7 quite a bit. 3 three and 1 were kind of in the middle for me, and I really disliked 2 and 8. I really felt like they screwed characters over in 8 in how they mm-hmm. approached the character development. I, had, I, it, I was bragging on about it all last night because I was very upset. <laughs>
1: so the... The question is, is that, do you want to talk about the whole franchise as a whole right now, or would you rather talk about just six, the one that you like the most?
0: I figure I was just going to talk about them in general, because then I want to be done.
1: All
3: right. (laughs) With Fast and the
1: Furious forever. <laughs> oh, it's not gonna be forever. She, after watching <laughs> nine, she's gonna have two more movies to go watch.
0: I, I have accepted my fate, and I'm just banking these away for when I make him go watch Into the Heights, and make him go back and watch Chicago,
4: and <laughs> well, hey, he's not getting out of Hamilton either. <laughs> yeah. You two need to be quiet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I figure if I prime him with Into the Heights, we can get to Hamilton.
4: It's possible. It's It's it's, it's baby steps. I, I, I thought Hamilton was like a good gateway for musicals. Why? Because it's not your typical musical. It has like... Some humor and and like the rap battle sections are really well done. And it just kind of eases you into like the other aspects. Because people
1: who know me know how much I love rap and rap battles, right?
4: Yeah, that I mean that's that's the
3: entire that's that's yeah. the whole thing that happens in Fast and Furious 7. <laughs>
0: the problem the problem for him is the fact that Hamilton was so hyped up so he just by principle now at this point has decided he's going to hate it so I have to gear him into that. There's there's no hope. Anyway, Fast and no. the Furious.
4: That's uh. going to be the future of the series. They're not going to go into space. They're going to get Lynn Manuel Miranda to write the next one. <laughs>
1: If they do, then I'll go watch Hamilton. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, no. So anyway, eight, eight really bothered me because I just had a real hard time with both Hobbs and Letty not exploring why Dom is doing what he's doing. Like both of those characters are naturally inquisitive and would find that as a critical piece of information that they need to figure out. And the fact that they don't bother really irritates me. And then I know that they wrote Brian out cause Paul Walker passed, but I think I would have preferred to have them kill him off because it doesn't make sense to have him existing out there and not have him pulled in for eight because yeah. you're talking about nuclear weapons where his family's going to die anyway. Like, so there's not really, there's no, Oh, well we can do it without him kind of
3: thing. Um, and plus, like he literally couldn't stay away. That's been the thing exactly. for all of the other movies.
0: Exactly. So I just, yeah, I have a real hard time with several things in eight, and
1: so the we know from the trailer for nine that Mia is going to be coming back. There <clears> has <throat> been rumors, and I don't know if this is true or not, that they will continue using the Brian character by bringing in Paul Walker's brother.
3: Interesting. Okay. <clears throat> I mean he's already acted as him. So. Correct.
0: Yeah. Um but in any case, yeah, I think my favorite characters are Han, Hans and Giselle are probably my favorite of the of the group. Um my least favorite is definitely Roman. I'm not a huge it's just not <laughs> my doesn't fit my style, um, except
1: but, for in the scenes where, like, he is stealing the 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 show. Like you were laughing.
0: Of course, you laugh. That doesn't mean he's got to be my favorite character. <laughs>
1: like when he's at the the party in Dubai. Like
0: he made me so uncomfortable. Oh my god, the awkwardness. <laughs> That's the problem. Like he, because he's the comedic relief. Like all of his scenes are the ones where I'm like I am so uncomfortable like you are so awkward and it hurts and it physically, it, it pains me and I can't take it it's very, it's it's too much it's too much for me
3: I think But he, he had like the most quotable line in the whole franchise for me for a long time in like his first introduction with just the, we hungry <laughs> <laughs> like that just lived forever for me I mean,
1: can you Point to a movie that has a more diverse cast that has gone all over the world.
3: Ourers that's what get out of here.
0: <laughs> He's not entirely wrong on that one. <laughs> I'll just say it
1: They go They go to all over the green screen room that's where they go. <laughs>
3: Power Rangers does not shoot on a green screen. Super Sentai shoots on set in the six properties that Toei owns.
4: Okay. <laughs> I mean, the Avengers has been around the world at this True. point.
0: And they're a pretty they're diverse. diverse cast.
4: There's a yeah. lot of white guys on that team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It's becoming more diverse. One
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where, where are the Avengers gone?
4: They've been to Germany, Russia, Africa. Uh-huh, uh-huh. South America, North America. Where
1: was South America? Space. <laughs>
4: uh, South America was... Uh, oh, India. Uh, South America was the Hulk.
0: Yeah.
1: No. Yeah, it was like in Brazil. When when the Black Widow found him? Or are you talking about yeah. the, the Incredible Hulk oh, no, movie?
4: Incredible Hulk movie, yeah.
1: Oh, no, I'm but talking about a... just the Avengers movies.
4: <laughs> oh, just the Avengers. Well, I mean, they've still been like Europe. Eastern Europe, Africa. just there. like the cast.
0: Hey. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that this, I think this franchise is as flawed as it is, and as simple, and you know, not great story. It's great time, and and it, it's worth it.
0: Well, let's face it. You're just in love with Vin Diesel.
1: No. <laughs> I am, absolutely. If anybody, <laughs> I'm in love with uh, Paul Walker and he's gone.
4: <laughs> now, uh, <clears throat> how do you reconcile that John Cena is <laughs> Vin Diesel's brother? I
1: can't wait don't? to find that out in this this new movie cuz like as as we were as we were watching the series and and I'm like, "Now you got to remember, when we watch this new movie, at some point they're going to be like, uh, John Cena is a brother that we have never seen before or heard them talk about.
4: Yeah. People have long lost siblings in this all the time. Now, behind the scenes, this is only to screw over The Rock, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, kind of. Like, it's definitely they brought him in to replace The Rock as the big strong mm-hmm. dude and yeah,
4: you might as well do it with like his biggest like adversary in their previous job basically
1: i mean i don't i feel like their biggest his, the rocks previous biggest adversary in their previous job would have been this would have been stone cold like they were well, it, I mean, in, in, the in, in that regard the but stone cold's
3: time. not like the I have, multimedia yeah i have from like, my, like a yeah, multimedia it. standpoint
1: okay i don't know i think that it would have i <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure. Yes. Like he is the he's <laughs> he's the next one. Like at, it went Hulk Hogan, then it went The Rock, who took it to you know the highest nice. peak that it can go, and now you have John Cena that's coming up behind him. I don't <clears> think <throat> he's going to make it as big as The Rock. Like he's not going to be a a household name like The Rock is, but he is close. Like we'll see how well he does as Peacemaker, and then his own Peacemaker TV series. But it I don't I don't see it getting as I don't see him becoming the mogul that The Rock is. Like The Rock's in T V series, you know, hosting shows. Presidential run. Presidential run.
4: Well see, The Rock is gonna have his own standalone like nation starring role. <laughs> um, with Black Adam. But John Cena's gonna have that longevity. And I think he's gonna be the more enduring character because he's funny. Um and I was going to talk about that a little bit in my week's watch, uh, that Suicide Squad trailer. Mm. He had, like, the best line of that whole thing.
0: But in any case, the movies are getting ridiculous, so I'm sure Nine is going to be even more ridiculous. And
1: and more people from the past.
0: I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're going to resurrect all sorts of people that are supposed to be dead, because yeah. that seems do, to be the about- She doesn't.
1: The big one? nope, No.
4: Not
0: Paul Walker. <laughs> I, I I figure that's gonna be a little difficult. Um, <laughs> but no, I I don't know. I I think I think where I finally decided like nothing nothing is off limits was either between the driving the cars through the towers in Dubai. Yeah. A and B. Paul Walker's character jumping off the bus as it's falling down the cliff to grab the back of Letty's car as she swings him around and he's not injured at all. I have not like yeah. I think at that point I was like, "All right, well, physics don't matter. It doesn't exist. I mean, There's that, no limits."
1: That's all the way at part 7. You mean you got through most of the series before you decided that this is too ridiculous. Like I would I was like this is ridiculous at Dragging a safe or a vault around <laughs> all of Brazil, like, or Rio.
0: I would just like to point out that I called that they switched to the safe. <laughs> you did.
3: <laughs> now, the, the part for me, honestly, it's, it's later, but everything before that, I was like, okay, whatever, like movie nonsense, like we're jumping like yeah. literal and metaphorical sharks. It's fine. The part where I was like, okay, now we're just doing things, whatever, <laughs> was actually in Hobbs and Shaw with Aegis Elba. Like, uh, <laughs> that was the part. I mean, where I was like, okay, that, okay. You
0: got farther than I did then. Hobbs and <laughs> Shaw like, is like I quit.
1: Hobbs and Shaw, especially Idris Elba's <laughs> character, is like going straight up comic books. Like they, oh, are like, yes. We mm-hmm. just need to make a supervillain for them to go up against now. Yeah. Like more so than than Shaw was. <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah. So no, I actually,
1: I, in my opinion, like the Shaw character does the thing that I am the most upset with with the Loki and we'll get to that when we get to Loki
0: fair enough but so that's the Fast and the Furious franchise I think we mostly watched it on Mitch's
3: DVDs yes (laughs) nice
1: all right Steven what did you watch this week
3: uh I didn't go in the same direction as you guys did for this one uh last night I I watched a movie that's been out for a long time also uh but I actually watched The Big Sick oh for the first time for the
1: first time okay
3: (laughs) Yeah, um so it's uh Camille Nanjiani. For, for anyone who doesn't know, um the movie is the probably slightly changed but mostly true based on reality kind of story of Camille Nanjiani and the the way that he met his wife, uh his now wife, and kinda like the the struggles of the beginning of their relationship. Um she got really sick and over the over the period of the course of the film you see him having to kind of process and deal with who he as a person versus who his parents raised him and expected him to be, uh, and then who he was supposed to be socially because of all of that, uh, and then him marrying the woman that he ended up marrying. It's really good. Um, it's really funny at times. It has some really great performances from pretty much everyone involved. Even Bo Burnham as a like random side character is great in there. Um, you have Ray Romano as his wife's dad, uh, Holly Hunter as his, his wife's mom, and they're both fantastic in this as well. So, I don't know. It's really good. It's on Amazon Prime. It's an Amazon original. Um, so, mm-hmm. if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it for free, basically. And, I highly recommend it.
1: And just remember, this is pre-swole.
3: <laughs> 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 <my> yes. <laughs> yeah, very much.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's it was a really good movie, and and I think really shows like not I don't want to say the struggles but the life of the s- child of immigrants um, and how they they want to come to, a, to America for a better better life you know especially for their children but then they push on these traditions that don't really make any sense anymore in yeah. the new setting so uh, it's it's I thought that was an interesting aspect of that story especially for yeah very much yeah
3: they balance it everything in that movie damn well perfectly Mm -hmm. like there's there's no part of that movie that as you're watching it you're like ah this is the 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 point of the the movie above anything else that's happening where sometimes you watch something and you think like this is the nugget they're trying to do and this other stuff is kind of just window dressing for that main bit Mm -hmm. no pretty much everything in here is done like like on all cylinders and Flawlessly. I can't think of a part of the movie that wasn't perfectly done, honestly.
1: And it was also interesting was, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, Kumail and, and I can't think of his wife's name at the moment. They ended up having, you know, they literally had to lock themselves away, uh, living in LA yeah. because of her, uh, disease that, that they talk about in this movie that the movie's about, and they have to refer back. To, they refer back to it a lot in their podcast when they're talking about how that, you know, this is the reason why they can't go anywhere. Everything has to be brought to them. Having <clears> to stay <throat> completely safe because she is super high risk.
3: Yeah, very much so. Um, her name is uh, Emily Gordon. Emily, thank you. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, I can't imagine what kind of challenge that was for them. And he would have still been in at a, at a lot of points during the pandemic still in heavy production. For yep. the movies that he's in right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh. Yeah. That's a, that's a good movie. I'm. I'm glad you got to watch that one. The Big Sick is on uh, Amazon Prime, like you said. Mm-hmm. John, what did you watch this week?
4: All right. So a real quick side note is that I watched the Suicide Squad trailer. It was the best trailer they've released so far. It was really good. Uh, it had, like I said, probably one of the funniest lines delivered by John Cena, which was essentially a butthole joke. Um, but my favorite thing about this whole thing, and it's already been posted on social media. This is like such an ironic thing that it could not be hilarious. Where DC actually is using the fact that this is a Marvel director of a successful <laughs> Marvel franchise to promote this movie and um just you have to just kind of admire that for a moment <laughs> like wow you know like, i mean
3: the, the thing i would say is that trailers are typically done by like trailer editing houses
4: true so they probably
3: have nothing that, to do with this it's the, a distinct well, they had to approve possibility
1: it. but i said so they still had to approve it
3: yeah but did they though i i know they probably did well like look at all the spoilers and things that we get in there if there was some real oversight from some people some of those things wouldn't get through
1: but look at (laughs) it look at it this way also what movie are they going to talk about otherwise from james gunn
3: that one the superman one that wasn't superman that
1: wasn't his that was his brother's
4: dawn (laughs) of the dead
1: (laughs) i think dawn of the dead well he wrote that he didn't direct it yeah yeah like, they want something he's the director of this movie like so i don't know what other movie slither are you gonna throw slither out there <laughs> slither. i just don't think that they
3: have to say anything for him yeah. they, like at a, at a certain point everyone anyone I, I know i'm talking about this from the inside of people who are already in the know on things but i feel like everyone's already had it jammed down their throats that it's the dude who did Guardians of the galaxy yeah <laughs>
1: it's, I mean, it's it. fair I, I just <laughs> he, I, yes go with the most successful movie that he, he's made even if it is from the competition it's not <laughs> yeah. it, and it's in the wheelhouse like this is a comic book movie that was a
4: comic book movie and it's rated R and apparently it's well deserved R so this is going to be <laughs> what uh, a lot of people apparently have been wanting out of DC
1: I am very skeptical going into this movie Like this, these trailers do not look good to me like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, you know what? And, and to, I, I'm going to be super honest. Like the music sells me a lot on Guardians of the Galaxy, like <laughs> in that first movie. So if it, if that hadn't been it and he doesn't pick the right songs for this one, <laughs> I might not be in for it. Like, I, I don't know. As much if, as
0: he's not a music person.
1: But that's the exact time frame of music that I like.
3: <laughs> I think like the the thing that this movie looks like that might actually be an issue for it is in, in Deadpool 2, one of the best things was the idea of this like massive cast of characters that they talked about. And everyone was like, oh my god, we're getting all these characters. And then they're all immediately gone. <laughs> this movie actually has to deal
4: with having all of those characters.
1: I think a lot of them are going to be gone, though, too. <laughs>
4: I think yeah. a I lot of what
1: we've seen is the beginning dream, of the movie. I mean,
4: just... Just based on like, if if you kind of try to put the chronology of the movie from just the trailers, there are certain points where like you're down to like five people. So I think a large part of those are going to be gone relatively early.
1: I think we're going to get a lot of the same thing that happened to Slipknot from the first Suicide Squad movie, and just going to be like, hey, and this guy Slipknot, he climbs
4: things, his head exploded,
1: <laughs> and we're done with him. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, At no point would that ability have even been useful anyway, like, watching this movie. (laughs) I mean, he could have climbed up the side of uh,
1: Ostrander Plaza and maybe helped out. I don't know.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Captain Boomerang is more useful, and all he does is, like, attach a GoPro to a boomerang, which apparently can hover. Like, that thing was, like, attached to a boomerang, like drone I mean, or something of I all mean,
0: the things we've talked about that's what you're well having disbelief on the
1: problem the problem with comic books is that they really have no idea what boomerangs were used for and <laughs> it, it's just ridiculous i mean look at a battering like that does a lot more than what a boomerang does and that's what it's named <laughs> after <laughs> so i'm just saying boomerangs and comic books are
4: i will point out a batarang is technically a misnomer because it functions more like a ninja star or shuriken it really does so yeah those things the only time you ever see a batarang return or try to return is in batman returns ironically enough (laughs) where it's like a digital batarang (laughs) They it it also had a camera on it, right? Just like the one <laughs> yes. that... And, and like Captain it had Cooper a little touchscreen where you can select the trajectory you want it to take because there was like, he actually had to do a real quick mental math. Okay, that's like one, two, three people right here in this positions. program it, hit send, throw it, and then it gets ultimately stopped by a poodle. <laughs> batman, batman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, prep time <laughs> <laughs> but anyway oh, so that nice. was the trailer for <coughs> the suicide squad what i actually ended up watching was a movie i've been wanting to watch for a while now and it uh, i guess i hadn't noticed it was now available to watch on hbo max um i finally got around to watching tenet oh Ooh. okay What'd
3: wait wait john i gotta know did you watch this in a situation where you were wearing headphones no. Okay. Then you have the dialogue come through for you. <laughs> I had subtitles. Okay.
1: Yeah. It. The, yeah. The dialogue is so bad. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I usually like the voice of people is the hardest part for me to hear anyway because of my little hearing situation. So I usually just watch everything with subtitles whenever it's available. Mm-hmm. Um, Nolan's movies aren't really known for their sound design, really. Um in most cases yeah really? um, so like i don't think so yeah like inception in maybe eight. yeah yeah but okay. like it, it, that's intentional though because the the bombs are like supposed to represent the music in the earlier levels or whatever
3: right um Wait, so there's there's a new jersey lady talking about explosives that's supposed to represent the
1: bombs <laughs> <laughs> So,
3: thank you, thank you for <laughs> following me on that one.
1: <laughs> I knew where you were going.
4: <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I have to say though, um, noise Of course, no spoilers because this is one of those movies you just kind of have to unravel. Um, I've never been so interested in a movie that i also kind of didn't really care about (laughs) honestly
3: it's perfect that's a perfect summary of this whole damn movie
4: like as interesting and as well thought out as the premise and the logic was i couldn't care about anyone in it and the biggest name being robert pattinson i think i like i don't like there was no characters in this movie Everybody's just doing something. What's,
3: what's the what's the name of the main character?
4: I couldn't tell you because they didn't what tell is the you. What does
3: the main character? Ref- yeah, what does the main character refer to himself as the whole time?
4: Of uh, an operative nope. or intelligence nope. agent of some sort. It's, it's I, a
1: storytelling he, uh, device. What is the name of your hero? What is a hero called? What is the hero? He just he just goes as narrator.
3: No, no, nope. that's Fight Club. He just calls him. He calls himself the protagonist. Oh, that's right. All the time. It's literally uh, Christopher Nolan. Uh,
4: Yeah. So, no, this this movie (laughs) reeks of having your head really far up your ass and, like, look how clever I am. But it's clever. Like, at the same time, it was. This movie has all of the time travel tropes. This thing has, like, Primer, Back to the Future, Looper. Uh, especially um, what was the other one that I was thinking of that this is like dude this is exactly like this other thing I love the idea that they have those machines that make things go backwards in time Mm -hmm. so everything is like grandfather paradox and you get the whole like doppelganger and like as soon as something started happening where you can't tell who is on screen because they're obscured I was like that's gonna come back in a big way and it does yeah. in every case like oh that's exactly what i thought that would be but the way it's shot was really creative but they i feel like on
3: one they fucked up on one on one scene
4: oh did, which did one? they
3: yeah uh, there's a part where they're supposed to have people like uh moving backwards in the thing. Um, and so everyone else is what, like uh, walking forwards in the scene. And they had the main actors walking backwards. Um, it's a, p- a part of the thing with um, the the big airport stuff. Um, and they're supposed to be walking forwards. And so they train them to do this like weird walk that'll look like forwards walking. Oh, okay, yeah. Kind of. The fire moves.
4: Ah. in reverse
3: because they messed it up because you can't Ah. actually
4: control fire (laughs) Yeah, you know i can't blame them that much though because this must have been a logistical nightmare to try to plan all of those like things just right um but i love the ideas though i love the ideas and presented here i as soon as i started seeing like the more crazy shit happen i was thinking this would have been a perfect anime
3: it, no, it's it is an anime, absolutely. It's a it's a twelve like a twelve episode miniseries.
4: It's Stein's gate. Yeah, yeah if, honestly. This, if this would have had the time to flesh to really flesh it out in a more episodic format and with animation, you wouldn't have some of those potential like errors because you're controlling everything, of course. Um, I think you would have really been able to dive into it a little bit more. And also the way the characters are presented is definitely much more anime where you're just like thrown in. Like there's no build up, there's no nothing. Oh, Doctor Who. That was the other one. There was a really, really strong as soon as I, I it was revealed, I'm like, really we're doing the river song thing here too? <laughs> okay. It's funny um, that you
1: bring up Doctor Who because that's gonna play into later also.
4: Okay. So yeah, I I agree with you on that one too now. Um but yeah, this was like it, it had all of the cool stuff I liked about something like Inception, but I just
1: and all the nonsense, incoherent couldn't. stuff that you came got from in, 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 Interstellar.
4: <laughs> yes, yes, there you go. It's it's in that perfect marriage in between those where it's interesting enough to have your attention and to at least want to see where it goes, but it kind of feels a little bit like homework.
3: The thing I said to Mitch right after watching this, because he watched it, um, shared it with me, and I got to watch it, and I just... I feel like at this point, he's he's in a situation where Christopher Nolan is, honestly, I think, quite literally diminishing returns with every film now. And I think he's in a spot where he's going to end up um, doing the M. Night Shyamalan thing, where you expect a certain thing from him, and... You go into it knowing it. It's not. It's not a trick anymore.
4: Mm. Like, mm-hmm.
3: You know there's something, and in this last one, the whole um, intended, the whole thing for it was just supposed to be this one turn on a narrative, like a narrative device. You know, you you have this one constant story throughout. Everything goes back and picks through it at different speeds in time, reverse time, and all these different things. And I just can't be made to give a shit. Like there, there's there's nothing that really makes it actually a worthwhile exercise outside of. Like a tech demo for a TV or That's something. Exactly, this, this
4: felt like a proof of concept of some sort.
3: Yeah. Well, and and like and the thing like a, a certain way into it, it's just that proof of concept kind of thing. And then the fact that uh, Mitch, like we talked about it afterwards, it felt like he wanted to make a James Bond film. And then oh. Mitch confirmed. He said this was him making a James yeah. Bond film.
4: I was gonna, I was gonna say that too. This has so many like Casino Royale, Spectre vibes to it. Yeah. I
3: just I I I can't I can't love this movie. Think, the Prestige is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I think that's because it's earlier in his career. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I, well, that would as much as we don't like the studio getting involved, sometimes you need the studio to get involved and be mm-hmm. like, "Hey, rein it back just a little bit." But, you know, the bigger they get, the more successful they get, the the more the studios like, "Well, I guess they that person knows what they're doing. Let's just yeah. let them go." That's I'll what
4: say oh yeah i was gonna say that's what happens to your you know tim burton's your patty jenkins like sometimes the they do need to be reined in a little bit Mm -hmm.
1: your zack snyder's
3: yes but he's getting restored that's a whole nother episode of a podcast yeah (laughs) i just he's in a spot right now with christopher nolan that's just like the, the movie, not, nothing in that movie was Improved by the fact that they actually did the Plane thing in a practical way with the whole Big plane crash Thing, nothing was Improved by that, in and, any way Shape or form, it was just wasted Money,
4: no, and that thing that it crashed in Was an obvious extension to that Area that mm-hmm. was easily collapsible I, thought, I saw that too, I was like I appreciate how much practical work Nolan is putting into this, this was not Necessary, <laughs> at
3: all <laughs> It's so... It was just very, very frustrating. Like, I, like I'm, I'm seeing money being wasted on screen. For no reason. I got student loans. Just give, give it to me.
4: <laughs> well, it's like an inception. Like, I, I, as much as I love that movie, when I see how they, they did the reverse gravity thing for that hallway fight with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like, holy shit, the amount of engineering and money that must have been thrown at that thing, that giant well, you, set that on one... the gimbal... I think that makes sense
3: as as a money thing. That's expensive, but that is I think validated. The plane, uh uh-uh. uh
4: But what I'm saying is, it was such a short scene, though. Like to think, yeah. like in production terms, because I think sometimes, like, what if I was a movie director? Like, you know, being like budget conscious, I'm sure is a thing. And I was like, how much clout would I have to get before I would be authorized to be like, okay, so we're gonna have this three minute sequence, and okay. it's gonna cost like three million dollars of our budget <laughs> just it's for gonna, those three minutes a million dollars a minute is what this is costing
3: it's, it's gotta be like the um the scene with the, the Valkyries in Thor Ragnarok where Taika Waititi just knew someone who was pioneering that technology and so okay. they are like like he just knew someone who was making some kind of like 4D experience thing or something and was like ah yes we can use that
4: okay uh, in, in that sense yes because then you're, you're <laughs> it's like a mutually beneficial thing but yeah like i i just try to think man man, if i try to kickstart a movie and there was like a three million dollar like sequence i had planned for it like that'd be a hard sell you know it's like it's gonna be on for three minutes only but it's gonna be really awesome three minutes yeah i don't know but i'm not i'm not christopher nolan nor will i ever reach that level so
1: (laughs) i just had this one (laughs) all right that's tenant tenant is on hbo max
4: Yes. And I don't want it to discourage anyone from watching it. I mean, it's it's an interesting watch, but just definitely go in feeling like you're probably not going to care afterwards that even though it was cool, you got nothing really out of it. <laughs>
1: uh, for my week, week's watch, don't go that far. Go to HBO Max for Hacks. It's a original series. It's all about... Gene Smart plays a older comedian who has a residency she actually has the first res- residency in Las Vegas uh and her uh stand up is going to be being moved out of the casino that she has been in for a very long time she's a headliner she used to be a TV series uh sitcom mom like in the 70s and uh it, she's it's all about you know uh, how how the how the scene in the entertainment business has changed throughout time she gets herself a young writer uh, a young uh female writer that has kind of got herself cancel cultured uh in in hollywood because she she put out a bad tweet and uh the idea of the two of them having to work together because she's a millennial and and she and gene smart's a, a boomer and it, what they find funny is two completely different things, but they also come together in a very uh, well-respected relationship. It's, it's a really funny show and it's a real, it's, it's great writing. And apparently Gene Smart is just like their go-to lady over there at HBO Max right now. Cause uh, she was in Watchmen. She was in, uh, she's in Hacks. And then there was another show in between that she was on. I'm trying to remember what it was, uh, but the other the other actress in the show, uh, Hannah Einbinder, I'd never seen her in anything before, but I thought she was exceptionally funny. Uh, Mayor of Easttown, apparently that's the other HBO Max show that's it's really popular right now that I have not seen, uh, but Gene Smart was in that.
3: She's great. I, I've loved her since her like her time as this like I don't know, like three episode recurring character on Frasier.
1: <laughs> of course, it comes like she, back she to Fraser.
3: Yeah, it, it always comes for Stephen always lead to Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but there are also great side characters in the show. Um, there's it, both Gene Smart's character of Deborah Vance and Hannah's character of Ava ha- share the same manager, and that's how they got they kind of got teamed up because the manager like Ava is his first find of his own when he was coming up as an agent. Uh, and then Deborah was his father's, uh, client that when he passed, like she went to him, she stayed with him. Uh, so he put the two of them together because he thought that they would, they would mesh well. Uh, they don't mesh well, but they do come up with great, great stuff together. So it's it's a good show. If anybody gets the opportunity to watch it, it's uh, it's a it's a lot of fun. Uh, I also finished off the second season of Lupin on Netflix. Uh, as I told us last week, I watched the first two, first three episodes. So it was only two more episodes to go after that. Uh, uh, do you
3: went any any better?
1: It did. It went better after the first three episodes. This the first three episodes. I was not. Mm, so much into, especially after the first episode, but the second two episodes, or the, second, the last two episodes uh, definitely reeled, reeled me back in. Alright, HBO Max and Netflix. So...
2: Before I get into my opinions on episode three of Loki, I'd like to say that my week's watch was Luca on Disney+. Plus. It's the new Disney Pixar movie about two boys sea creatures that become friends and decide to do a triathlon race in a small port Italian town. It's utterly adorable. And the stories about, you know, friendships and family and of course, since it's Pixar, I cried just a little bit. Um, (laughs) But it is a wonderful story filled with a Beautiful view of Italian culture as well. Um, now for episode three of Loki. Um, this episode was probably my favorite so far. I absolutely adored the filming of this episode. It reminded me of like a video game, like kind of cyber style. Actually, the video game it reminded me of the most was, I believe, in Halo 4. Four or was it five? I have no idea. I can't remember. There was a, um, mission where you went to the Covenants planet and it just, it was like so purple and pristine. And that's what I think it was lamentous. This planet reminded me of was just that awesome purple and green colorings. I absolutely love that they didn't shy away from how, um, from Loki's sexuality at all. Um, and, and I found that scene to be very well done as well, where it was just like kind of like a conversational scene and it wasn't like in-your-face kind of sort of scene, I guess. I feel like it was done as it should be done, if that makes any sense. Um, actually, that whole train escapade with Loki getting drunk and throwing his glass down and saying another like Thor was to me quite hilarious. I actually absolutely loved... Loki in this and I liked that you also very quickly delved into Sylvie and you don't quite exactly know why she's going against the TVA but you're starting to know why she's going against the TVA and you're kind of sort of at least for me starting to be like yeah they probably are the bad guys aren't they um, and the big reveal that the agents of the TVA are actual humans that are variants that have been, like, forced to be in the TBA and don't even know it, they think they're just created to do this job, is going to be an interesting concept. And, um, now one of my theories is the reason why Mobius is obsessed with jet skis is that he totally had a jet ski in his previous life. Um, at least I'm not going to be surprised that's going to be the big reveal, is that he already owned a jet ski, and so he already knows he loves them. Um... I will note, um, the worst thing about this episode was that crazy ending, um, I did like how it was filmed super shaky and chaotic, um, didn't quite understand what was going on, but I think that was the whole point, was that you weren't supposed to understand what was going on other than everything is exploding around you, kind of thing, but the dashing from room to room in utter chaos was cool, and also another, like, awesome video game moment for me, and then... But the fact that it literally just ends with them having no hope, getting off of the planet. Was it Lamentis or something? Or moon? I can't remember. They were on a moon that was going to hit my moon or a planet that was going to get hit by a moon. I can't remember. But yeah, that was just not a cool ending. And I am not happy having to wait a whole week to watch the next episode because I need it now in my life Um, but yeah those are my quick thoughts on Loki and Sylvie traveling and having to work together in episode 3 can't wait to hear what everybody else thought about it
1: let's get into talking about Loki episode 3 lamentus does uh Which
3: apparently, it, it apparently like i know it's supposed to be like a thing about the the, episode, the name of the planet or whatever um i think it just means purple maybe <laughs> because everything <laughs> on the planet was purple yeah that,
1: that's actually what i was gonna ask does anybody know what lamentus means I mean, I'm sure like, like you, lament
3: <laughs> yeah that's that's mine yeah it means sad planet <laughs> yeah well there you go Sad purple planet.
1: Sad purple planet. All right, so um, it we were doing a little bit of talking before the episode, and it sounded like everybody kind of enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Uh, what what was it? What so our big reveal? I think I feel the big reveal in this episode was that the TVA agents aren't created by the timekeepers, <laughs> yeah. and that they are actually other variants of other people on Earth, or I guess through the sacred timeline uh that are brought to uh the tva also yeah how come there are no aliens like why are they all earthlings
3: well men in black already exists. they don't want to rub up against it oh okay
0: (laughs) i was gonna say because the timekeepers are all just loki's (laughs) okay
3: (laughs) it's it's a distinct possibility it is i I don't think it'll happen but the idea that it's like the tva is basically here just to manage the loki problems
1: (laughs) (laughs) um so my big issue and i brought this up earlier with this whole jason statham deckard shaw thing loki is our villain in the first thor movie he is the big villain in the first avengers movie he is very capable. He's very cunning. Yes, he does get defeated, but now we get to this point in Loki's career, and he's bumbling. Like I don't get it. I I need him to be more of a presence.
3: They 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 Vegetaed him. Oh, for the anime people, Vegeta, Hiei in and Yu, Yu Hakusho, all the bad guys who were like in like season one initial big bads become friends who are now doofuses
1: it's just it's just he's he's so powerful and the fact that like i i i guess i you know maybe sylvie is giving him so much issue but i guess she should be just as powerful as him if not more but like the the guards like the whole changing his outfit to look like one of the guards and then he doesn't know what to do when the guy says, you still need a ticket? Like, come on. This yeah. is the god of
3: mischief. He should have been able to talk his way through any of this. They, they did explain that in the episode. They tried to hand wave it. When he said like, that all of the people, all of the Asgardians are actually just kind of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he hasn't had to have like a, exactly like the sharpest blade on this one. Like a dull knife totally did the work. Uh,
1: but you get take into account that he also I mean he he I guess that was the scepter that changed Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh I I don't know. I just I just really feel like this is a big downgrade for Loki. Like this episode So I am the I am the outlier on this this I did not care for this episode at all.
3: I, Mitch, I'm right there with you.
1: Oh, I thought you you I didn't liked say anything this positive episode. for it. Oh, no. okay. all right.
3: No. I don't know why everyone's so jazzed about the episode. It's fine. <laughs> I, I think
0: I'm with Steven. I, I it was perfectly fine. It didn't hold my attention quite as much as the last episode.
1: Mm-hmm. And as much as it it is a Doctor Who episode, which oh, yeah. I love Doctor <laughs> Who, it is
0: definitely I, Doctor.
1: This Who. is not what I want from this show. Like th- they show up on this planet, the planet is being destroyed, and they they have to get to point A. Like it's just so. I don't know. Was I supposed to be learning more about Sylvie in this episode? Because I really feel like we learn more about Loki.
4: I think that's what it was for me, is that this wasn't about the destination. It was the journey. Ah, mm-hmm. is the friendship they made along the way. Door. The the Lokis mm. you make along the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, no, I just, it's I, we didn't... I, for a series, and I, I feel like I say this in every one of the series uh, that we come across. For a series that's only six episodes long, we didn't need this episode. Nothing
3: happened. Did we ha- we had a confirmation of how many episodes there were.
1: Oh yeah, there's six, only six. Yeah.
3: What the fuck?
4: <laughs> no, that was we didn't my, have my time only complaint. This
3: train yeah, <laughs> my only
4: complaint was that this episode was only 36 minutes, I think, and. I'll um, uh, granted, not a lot happens in this episode. This so. is
1: only 36 minutes. This felt yeah. like a whole hour to me.
0: No, it felt really short. That's why I said when That's we got true. to the end credits, it was like we're just now getting to the opening credits.
1: No, that was the end credits. <laughs> I did not realize it was only thirty six. Though I thought it, it seemed so long.
3: So there's only six episodes. This episode's only thirty six minutes, and we had that shit like that that terrible fireworks effect in his hand that didn't move with anything else. His hand has to be moving if it's being generated by his hand. The fireworks stay in one spot the whole time.
4: <laughs> I, That's how good he is.
3: <laughs> It's a really basic effect. You could you could have made
4: it more dynamic. No, see what what this could be it could be backdoor special effect testing for jubilee's powers when they introduce x-men
3: it's bad it's a fail tech demo don't do it <laughs> it's really bad it, it genuinely doesn't move like you just motion track it to his palm his hand moves but then when the fireworks are shown next to sylvie's face and like just the corner of the frame or whatever they don't move at all his hand has to be moving
1: see and i take this all as this is a this is a failing of the pandemic. Like it's the we had to film this in a certain way that took longer than normal, so now the special effects have to get done real quick so that we can hit that timeline of when we want to have this episode out.
3: Yeah, All right. <laughs> I don't know. I am I am it's only six episodes and it's, okay. it's looked this this way.
1: So another thing that I had an issue with was like the. Is, is an issue that steven and i had in the second episode the fight scenes Oh, the music this, thing well this just the fight scenes in general to me don't seem like they're edited well like the whole wonder at the end of this episode should have looked so much better and mm-hmm. i think that the fact that the planet is all neon and dark and stuff like that made it so that it didn't look good to me
3: while watching this Naima was like why are you stopping to look at any of this stuff like for like the characters <laughs> they were doing the classic thing where like the the environment around them is collapsing and they like every once in a while they turn a corner and they just go oh and look up and see the thing falling down towards them and then start to run again I, you don't need
1: that well, why are why are these <laughs> why are these guards even fighting them anymore like what's the point what are you stopping yeah, them from so, going to
4: So that brings me to something I was bringing up prior to the show. And that is some theories about what's actually happening here.
1: Hit me. I need something.
4: Okay. So um, two things. One that I think has already been debunked is because this ends on a cliffhanger. And we're like, okay, so their one method that they were going to use to try to save themselves from this apocalypse has been destroyed. So it looks like they're stuck there, basically. And... It does end on kind of like a, like, that's it? There's not even, like, an after credit stinger? Like, literally, they're just kind of like, well, that's it, we're doomed. And yeah. kind of just, that's it. No, nothing more. So, the first thing that popped up, and somebody was saying, but wait, remember when Loki was looking for the Tesseract, he had his hands on the Time Stone in that junk drawer full of old Infinity Stones? He must no. have pocketed a Time Stone, and he's going to turn back time and save the ship, and then they'll kind But somebody else pointed out because they also got a hold of that theory you can clearly hear loki drop it back you don't see it but you hear the sound effect of like like, something falling back into the
1: i think the the, drawer i think the biggest issue with that is that they've already explained that if that's out outside of its timeline then it doesn't work
4: Mm. see i thought it was if it's not if it's in the tva it doesn't work but if it's in somewhere yeah. within the timeline much like their magic powers that it would work because the infinity stones that they took in avengers Endgame were from other timelines yeah that's what i was gonna
3: say yeah
1: that's fair okay Uh, I mean, yes, you do hear him drop it, though. So
4: (laughs) I mean, there is the sound effect of it clinking along with those other things. He's all the God Um, of
1: Mischief, though. So he could have he could have been dropping anything else in there.
4: Now, the other thing that was presented in this episode, which I think has a much stronger case for being true. The episode begins with essentially an Inception extraction moment. So Um, this is
1: where I'm at. Like, I think that they showed us this at the beginning for a reason.
4: Yes. So that would lead into a few scenes later on. Loki's like, how do you do that? And she's like, well, I should show you. And he was like, no, thanks. You'll just enchant me. A lot of this back and forth is telling me that either Loki figured out how to do that, that mind control thing, and he's doing it to Sylvie, or it's like a much more deeper Inception thing. And like, Sylvie did it to, to Loki. And then within that illusion, Loki is doing it to Sylvie. It gets a little convoluted. But I think there's a little bit of that going on. And I think that's the theory I'm sticking with, is that what we saw at the end of this episode wasn't accurate. But it was the, the events that we were witnessing, especially with the guards fighting, were deliberate. Not realistic, but deliberate for what it is that really is going on behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, so I think when Sylvie goes to grab Loki and enchant him, like he says, It worked. It worked, yes, exactly. But he's like, Are you trying yeah. to enchant me? It's not going to work because I have a great mind, like in very much Loki way. Yeah. Uh, but when she later explains, like, sometimes they go away for a rest, sometimes yeah. it's like we're both driving. Like, we're definitely in the sometimes we're both driving kind of scenario. And mm, yeah. if we turn, if it turns up to be like, Hey, none of this actually happened. It was just Sylvie playing a, you know, enchanting you and playing a trick. Like that goes back to the whole. It was all just a dream episode, and you know that's like what it almost fire, whatever it is, <laughs> or that's uh, the show. Staying elsewhere, staying elsewhere. That's, yeah, yeah, that's the the inside the snow globe. But no, there was a. Uh, Dallas, I think was which was the, mm. uh, this, the show where the guy woke the the lady wakes up and says, "Oh, Patrick Duffy, you're not dead." Yeah, kind that was thing. Dallas. Dallas, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like that's a trope that they don't use in
4: TV anymore because it's bad. Actually, they did. They reused it with the reboot of Ro- uh, Roseanne.
1: Did they? I never watched the reboot, yes. so I was wondering. They
4: the, the last season of Roseanne before it was canceled in the '90s. Um, like the whole season is really weird because all of a sudden like they're rich and like everything goes good it's no longer about them struggling like in the previous seasons and all that and then at the very last episode of that finale um it turns out that whole last season was Roseanne writing a novel Mm -hmm. of her life the the life that she wished they had Mm -hmm. and in reality John Goodman's character was like died of a heart attack um the relationships that his daughter had were reversed. One of them actually turned out to be a lesbian, I think. Probably Sarah Gilbert. Um and um so when they rebooted Roseanne, it was like that whole final season never happened. So John Goodman never died and but they and also didn't Roseanne get rich. Did stuff and now she got kicked out of her own show, but that's a whole I, different thing. I like the
3: way they did it in community one season where they had other writers and stuff got crazy they're just like oh that was the gas leak (laughs) here
4: so yes it's not a trope that they're like going to still shy away from but it is much less common because people do have negative reactions to like undoing all of this investment
1: and that's that's where i'm getting to is like in if this episode ends up being all just an enchantment what, what to what end what is it that who is going to gain anything Either side, Loki or Sylvie, from the fact that this is not actually happening, like it.
3: It's Sylvie, she she learned a bunch about him.
1: About his mother, like.
3: Yeah, maybe this is just one. We saw we saw her recreate that or the scene with um the the girl from what was the name of the show from uh, a <laughs>
1: terrible virus uh, movie to show
3: yeah yeah which that one the, the the agent person from from that we saw her do the same thing with that person it seemed like multiple times right reaching this memory for this right um so it, this could this could just be one instance of her doing that so then later on she,
1: he, he's gonna there's gonna be a scene between frigga and loki that is actually going to be sylvie trying to get some information
4: it's possible I don't you know. know. Somebody has the theory that um, Sylvie might be uh, a variant Frigga.
1: Uh, it's a possibility. I mean, it's the reason why she would want him to talk about his mother. Like, that makes sense. Yes.
3: We, we, we've seen this... In the comics, we've seen this other Loki
4: before.
1: Sylvie? Yes. With, or,
4: with the busted horn and stuff. As, oh. as Enchantress or something like that.
1: Yeah, We've I, seen the Enchantress I'm, before, yes
4: there was a a note somebody pointed out too online where like you can see her case file and her name is listed as um loki uh, or was it like no it might have been sylvie sylvie loffy daughter
1: right just like he's loffy's son it's just yeah. the son of the the frost giant or something like that and the yeah, daughter yeah. of the frost giant. or
4: daughter of a yeah. frost giant yeah, yeah. Hmm. so
1: just like it's thor odin's son
4: yeah. Somebody else also pointed out, like, if magic doesn't work in the TVA, shouldn't Loki be blue during that whole time that he's there? But yeah, um, they're waving but, a hand at that.
3: I think that's just he still uses he... magic, though. He uses magic. Not in the TVA. Yeah, there was a part where he where he did something. Um... Oh goodness! I I haven't watched these episodes recently enough. I feel like there was magic at some point in there. Sylvie attempts to
0: Sylvie attempts to use her magic
1: in this episode.
0: In this episode, you get a flit of the green but and, then it goes away
1: just like yeah but Loki tried to use his uh, his magic in the first episode and it just doesn't work when he's being judged I'm pretty sure there's not there's nothing being done in the second episode when he's like explaining the salt and pepper and and pouring <laughs> stuff onto the salad uh, but uh, oh I was gonna go somewhere dang it uh, oh no I forgot where <laughs> I was gonna go you
4: know I wanted to bring up a side note I always thought that Loki uh, created his daggers like the same way that Hela does. Because mm-hmm. she just makes like swords materialize out of her arms and shoots them. That's a really cool power to have. It's basically like uh, Arthur from Ghosts and Goblins, just like keep chucking <laughs> those boxes. Um, but I guess Loki really does have to have the physical daggers. He just disappears them when he doesn't need them. Yeah, I just, guess. Just
1: like, like the Tim Pad?
4: Yeah. I, I thought that was weird. I thought he if he's that magical, he could just make daggers appear, you know, or
1: I think that's the the, the extent of his power is illusion. Like it's just to hide things on his body.
3: <laughs> the the one I liked that uh he threw the dagger. Towards Sylvie, and you expect her to grab the dagger and use it to kill the guard, but then she just like hits his face against it instead. I liked that moment. Yeah. The, yeah, well, yeah, the face
1: with that has a helmet on it, so it really doesn't hurt him at all. They're they're, they're bad helmets. <laughs> Those are terrible design. What who yes. thought that the fin visor thing was a good idea? Like you know it, what
3: that looks like? The like Cobra Commander
4: a lot of people are saying cobra commander but i have a better one did you ever watch that episode of malcolm in the middle where hell takes up speed walking
1: yes that does look Uh-oh, like those okay. speed walking helmets yeah. right?
4: it's like a weird funnel shape thing yeah Giger.
1: uh oh i know what i was gonna say did you say gigger as in like hr geiger yeah <laughs> yeah Giger? Okay.
4: Yeah, it has that alien
1: (laughs) head. Uh, I was gonna bring up. I, I assumed that the whole blue skin thing, like, was Odin's magic. So maybe his magic is more powerful.
4: He did. But Odin's gone, yeah. As soon as Odin died, his enchantments wore off. No, it's his, because it, we it,
0: want to be able to look at Tom Hiddleston. Like, let's it, it, just leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> you can look
4: at a blue Tom <laughs> Hiddleston. Blue would also
3: be just be too much work. Oh, no matter true. what.
1: <laughs> no, you're right. But like, the enchantment that he placed on on Mjolnir still exists. So you guys can't say that just because
4: Odin's not well, around. I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily true. But we won't know for sure because Odin is dead at that point. Yeah, so, but
1: Mjolnir is still around. They went not grabbed it during in game, and and Captain America yeah, picks it up.
4: That's from an uh, from a timeline where Odin was still alive, though. But it's no longer in that timeline. It is in the new timeline it, where it Odin is dead. It goes by the rules of its timeline. I'm yeah. sticking with <laughs> yeah. that.
0: Well, no, my my bigger question is: Did Odin really enchant? I, I thought it was part of um, Peter Dinklage's character.
1: No, it was because uh, at the in the first Thor movie, he speaks into it and he says. Only, only that who is worthy can wield the power of Thor. So it it has the whole thing that goes on to it.
4: Yeah,
3: like the
1: little runes appear on it. Yeah, the-
3: which is going to be great in the upcoming movie.
1: In Thor: I'm Love excited. and Thunder, that's going to be the big part of why Natalie Portman becomes Thor. Got
3: it. Mm-hmm. I'm excited.
1: Until apparently, when in real time on that on the previous timeline, when Thor- Odin dies and then like. The idea that Jane Foster could be flying and then all of a sudden Mjolnir doesn't have an enchantment anymore because in real time in its timeline Odin has passed.
3: <laughs> oh.
4: <laughs> uh, well, at that point I don't think that would have affected her. The the magic was still within the hammer for like the abilities. Just the part that you had to be worthy was the thing that Odin put in there.
1: So now now you're just, you know, you're just changing up all the all the rules John.
4: Hey, <laughs> isn't that always
0: the case in comic books? I don't
4: let's, like the tone con- in your voice contact, when you say uh, that. <laughs> who's I mean, the latest writer on Thor? Let's contact him and get clarification.
1: Uh, is it Nick Spencer?
3: I, I don't know who's writing, but they, they just changed a couple times um, for the particular run. Well, Nick Spencer's uh, someone, the one that created... Someone called We Have Issues.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I mean,
4: technically for a while, Thor wasn't even worthy because like, apparently Nick Fury told him the truth about the hammer and like,
3: it's no 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 no, no, no. Shush, shush. no i don't that know what it be, is that, that could no i'm saying that could be the actual plot of love and thunder oh, oh. that's true uh yeah. I, so nick
4: fury becomes a god
3: you know i
4: also well, am space, on a actually
1: comic book podcasts there Stephen. what's up i said i'm also on a pod a comic book podcast you don't need to call another comic book podcast
3: You're not talking about reading current issues. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) What? Which one
1: we talk about? It's okay. Anyways. uh, Okay. Too many podcasts going on. This, uh, (laughs) this particular episode, if it ends up being a a enchantment induced fever dream, uh, where, where would, what's the, the big part coming up next that you want to see?
4: I want to see uh, the TVA, or oh, not the TVA, the Timekeepers. The Timekeepers. Yes, they've been building them up too much for them not to show them.
0: I want Loki to free Mobius and get him on a jet ski.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That'll um, be an end credit stinger, I'm sure. Like the whole thing will wrap credits, and then we'll just hear like, <laughs> it's,
3: it's, it's gonna be like,
4: wow. <laughs> that's how they sneak it in there.
3: um honestly i i i have at no point in this whole series wanted to try to predict things necessarily um i'm just kind of letting it roll over me (laughs) okay that's fine uh i I do expect some kind of like buddy cut moments between the two of them once he reveals the whole you're a variant
1: (laughs) do we ever do we do you think we ever get to see owen wilson again in the mcu after this show
4: if the know. TVA is done for, then no.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, I don't see. I don't see him showing up in the MCU again. Honestly, I don't know if I see Loki showing up in the MCU again after this.
3: That's fair. I think we're, we're definitely a- in a spot where characters are being shed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially characters from the previous phases. So. <clears throat> uh. Anything else? Anybody wants to bring up anything they found important? Who took notes? Nobody. Mm. Of course not. That's not I, our style.
4: I have one thing to talk about. Oh so, so the thing that I liked the most was definitely just the interaction between Sylvie and Loki. I just every time those two were talking, bickering, bantering, and sharing moments, I was I was into it. I like their chemistry. Which is good because they're supposed to be the same character or are they they're anyway <laughs> uh, one of my favorite moments here was something that was really unexpected loki does a full-on lord of the rings and does like a little bar song oh yeah um which i thought it was a cool character moment like if anything you know maybe plot-wise it was a little bit weak but there's some good character stuff going on here and it shows in the subtitles that he's singing in as guardian but thankfully uh, people who speak Norwegian were like, no, that's that, that's Norwegian. It you know, makes sense, but yeah, that's Norwegian. So they translated it, and I thought the lyrics were pretty interesting. It's, uh, it basically translates to, In storm-blackened mountains I wander alone, Across glaciers I travel forth, In the apple orchard the fair maiden stands and sings, When will you come home? And the chorus is in English, which is, When she sings, she sings, Come home so so what does this song mean to you john i it sounds to me like his mother
1: oh okay
4: there's a lot of mother talk in this and i think his mom is just trying to because he never got the chance to speak to her again in this timeline and he only got to see that she died so i think mainly what this is going towards is for him to get redemption from frigga
1: so three thor movies are all about or about daddy issues we get one loki series it's about mommy issues
0: I guess. seems proportional to uh, <laughs> <laughs> reality yeah uh,
1: all right uh, which also I mean that scene is also interesting because that's Sylvie waking up and Loki is mm-hmm. so that that lends to John's a whole
4: inception. inception
1: of Loki enchanting the enchantress or vice versa at that point
4: See that's what makes me think that in the next episode we'll get the reveal that this whole thing with an enchantment all along. It was like, oh wow, like you tricked me, whatever. And then as we're gonna get another reveal later that says, Oh no, we were in an enchantment within an enchantment. It was enchantmentception. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right, if you have an opinion a theory uh something that you want us to hear about loki please reach out to me i am at mitchipedia g-e-m g-e-m stands for geek elite media steven where can people find you online
3: you can find me all across social media as some version of peppermint gentleman for twitter that's peppermint gent for short
4: john you can find me on twitter i am at magic bollocks Elizabeth,
0: you can find me with the rest of geek Leap media at geek media and our Facebook page forward slash geek media.
1: Please check out our website, geek for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash geekleap media for exclusive material. You can only get if you're one of our patrons
3: Ooh.
1: and, <laughs> and if you could please rate and review us on whatever podcast you use to listen to us, please. It would help spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek
4: out.
0: This concludes our broadcast.